The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this week we're talking about Medea... No, we're not. That's right. No! Uh, I was like, what? No, no, I was making a joke that time. Uh, we were... If you listened to last week's episode, or if you're a new listener and you want to go back and hear our uh, tormented tale of Tyler Perry's Boo to a Medea Halloween that we were forced to watch... Um, none were a fan, but we had a couple of special guests on that episode, and that was uh, our first entry into the horror month. And horror is, of course, being used loosely um, with that particular film, although it was horrific and horrible and other words that have the H-O-R-R in them. <laughs> but um, anyways, Corey, you're not feeling too well today, I hear, huh? No. I didn't think I was going to make it through my work day. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on the flu shot. Blame it on the flu. See, I don't get flu shots. Um, I have to. It's my job. Otherwise, oh. I wouldn't. Wow. Yeah, that stinks. They make you get them, huh? Yeah, unless you have, like, there are certain exemptions, none of which I, uh, you Qualify. know. Qualify, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. But I mean, that's what I'm going to blame it on. Well, that's understandable. Um, so... We're going to be talking about our second movie on our horror movie list. And, uh, Corey, I meant to ask you something before uh, we started <laughs> recording, and I just realized I'm going to go ahead and text you uh, what I wanted to ask you. Um, but we're going to be discussing a film that I'd not heard of um, uh, for my movie, um, or for my movie, for Corey's movie. She picked this week's episode, and it's a film called um, Lake Mungo. And I knew nothing about this movie. Um, I don't know what Lake Mungo is still kind of. I'm still, I mean, I do know in the context of the movie, but I haven't done any uh, research into it. And I think that one of the, like, the production companies or something at the very beginning when they're, like, you know, doing all the, I'm forgetting what they're called at the beginning, <laughs> like, credits. Um, they're, one of the companies was called Mungo Entertainment or something. Yes, it's a very small indie film. Um and it was from the the horror fest that you like. That, I don't know if it's still a thing, but it used to be a thing. It's the, um... not. They okay. So I our we he's our, your friend also. Um, like turned me on to that series a long time ago. Um, and they did stop doing it, but they used to even have it in select theaters where you could buy like the weekend ticket and you could see all oh, seven cool. movies. Yeah. Um, so now they still do like After Dark Originals sometimes, but it seems to be kind of sporadic where this used to be every year. Um, but I did not realize that when I picked this movie. Oh, really? I did not know that. Um, yeah, I didn't know. Well, that's even more interesting because I, I, you know, I remember when we worked at FYE together, um, having the display with the After Dark for that year. That was 2010. Um, and like not really being familiar with it and not knowing much about it. I think that was the year the sequel to the butterfly effect came out as well. Ew. And so like I recognized that one and so right away I had kind of like a a sour taste cuz it was, you know, like to me that was like a straight to DVD sequel. Cuz um, I think that that was the third butterfly and that was the third after dark horror fest 
But this one um, didn't have, like, I can't remember if it was 2009 or what year it was that, like, out of eight movies, three of them have become three of my favorite horror movies, but this year was kind of... Yeah, um, I, I have not seen many of them, but I've had many of them recommended by you partially, but I, other people have recommended some as well. Um, and so I'm looking, for, you know, I, I wasn't really sure what I was getting into. And then it's also listed as a drama. It's not exclusively listed as a horror, which I, I was excited about because I don't always, I don't always click with horror. I want to, but I don't always. So, um, we're going to be getting into that momentarily, um, and I, uh, but my daughter and I tonight, um, um, went and saw Halloween. The original, uh, right? Yes. John Carpenter's, uh, 1978 Halloween, um, as part of, I always forget what the stupid service is called, but we used to go it's to- It's Fathom uh, Events. It's not a Fathom Event. That's the oh, beauty shoot. of it. This is, um, the, uh, earlier in the summer, Taylor and I and, and Kathy went and saw Jaws and we went and saw Dirty Dancing at Epic Theater in Claremont, which is a good drive for us. Um, because they have this thing, I can't think of what it's called, they even have a Facebook page, but they do, um, Sundays and Wednesdays, they have, like, retro films every week. And, uh, it, it's, it's not an Epic Theater exclusive, it's, like, a service that Epic pays for, kind of like Fathom Events. And one of the things I really love about it is they have this guy in front of the movie, like, talks about it. Like, they do that with some of the TCM Fathom Events, they'll have, like, Ben, um, Mankiewicz talk about the movie and give you like a little history about it and some crazy production stuff and it's always a lot of for film nerds to me like myself it's a lot of fun I think um and I learned something about Jamie Lee Curtis that I did not know oh do you know who her mother is I feel like I have read this before it's Janet freaking Lee the star mm. of Psycho mm-hmm. and I had no clue and I was just like what um and so that was what my little fact was tonight because they they moved it to our closer theater still not the mall but it's like a half hour drive instead of an hour drive now um and i didn't even realize halloween was playing and uh editor of burkereviews.com sent me a message that uh halloween at seven and i was like oh man i really i have a lot to grade I, i have this episode to record and i'm like oh it's only an hour and a half movie it starts at seven that means it'll be done at 8 30 i can make it work and um i brought like i had some papers to grade so i took my daughter and we went uh we ate dinner i'm like grading papers while i'm eating dinner and then um we went we we got there i made really good time actually so um it ended up working out perfectly and it was really cool seeing it on a big screen and i was really excited because it's a wednesday night right and uh, we're recording on a wednesday this week um and it was a pretty packed house, and that made me very happy, you know, because, one, I wasn't sure if people even knew they were doing these retro, screen, uh, retro screenings, and then um, for Halloween to get, like, a, another packed house, you know, because it, it it made a lot of money. That's, like, one of the reasons why it's such an iconic film, because it was only, like, a $200,000 budget, and it made, like, $47 million or something in the box office. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but, like, the guy to my right, Corey like in the pinnacle parts of the film like when the the excitement finally starts happening when things start going crazy with mike myers like finally like becoming mike myers i'm trying not to like spoil it but spoil it it's 40 uh, years old true but it's an iconic film and the music the kicks in the great score that john carpenter also nah. did and this guy to my right he's like two seats over starts oh, no. tapping his foot 
to the music, like audibly, like he's like tap dancing the beat. You know, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, oh, dude, are you freaking kidding? Like, why do you think it's okay to tap your foot to the music? <laughs> and it wasn't like a light tap. I mean, like he was tapping it to make the sound. And oh man, I was about to snap. Like I, I like turned to my right and was just like staring at him. Like, are you for real? And he, it stopped just before I, I said something. I don't know. I hate saying something because I always. I don't want confrontation to escalate, but I know with my my attitude and tone, it's gonna come off like a jerk. And I'm gonna if unless they're afraid of me, and I don't know that they should be, mind you, my voice isn't exactly intimidating. Um, they're gonna probably escalate the situation, and then I, then I got you know bigger concerns because I can't. I'm not a violent person, but like I'm not gonna let someone beat me up without trying to defend myself if that were to happen or. You know, my daughter's with me, so I'm not trying to be crazy, but I'm just, like, at the same time, like, why are people rude? Like, don't be rude. Like... I don't want to hear you. Because even at dinner, she, uh, Taylor got up to get a refill. We, we ate it, like, the... It's like a Beef O'Brady's Express. Like, so it's not, like, a full-fledged Beef O'Brady's. Like, you go get your own drinks kind of thing. Um, and she went to get a refill... And she went to go, like, around one corner, and there were, like, kids just at dinner. Like, parents have their kids. The kids are just running around. Like, they're they're wild, not not paying attention. Can't, parents aren't paying attention at all. So Taylor comes and goes the other way. Well, the kid then pops his head around the corner. I can't really explain, like, the geography, I guess, but... And looks at me. And I'm like... I kind of nod. And then he, he disappears behind the corner again, and then repeats. And so I'm like, okay, great. So I'm just going to ignore the kid, right? Then his little brother starts doing it, too. And they're taking turns, peeping around the corner, looking at me. Taylor has now returned. This goes on for 10 minutes. And I don't mean, like, every few... Like, I'm saying every 10 to 15 seconds, one of them pops their head out from around the corner and looks at me and then vanishes. And then 10 seconds goes by and the other one does it. And this is happening for a while. And Taylor has no clue. And I am trying to just ignore it, hoping that that will make him stop. What are their parents doing? They're talking, and the only thing I heard them say, but when I before I came and sat down at the beginning, was I heard the woman tell her friend because it wasn't even it was just, it was like two friends, but I think all the kids belonged to one of the women. She's like, "This is a quote. If you want to get pregnant quickly, was what I heard. Those were the words, and all I could think at that point, ten to fifteen minutes after hearing that statement, was maybe it's time you stop. You know." because you're not even managing the damn kids you have and then they began to branch out and just take over the restaurant like they're running near people's tables like other people are sitting and they're like near them like playing around and parents are doing nothing and i i two hours later i'm driving home from the movie with my pumpkin spice latte that i got from starbucks and all i can think about is things i should have said to that parent <laughs> like because i'm you just like uh more patience than i do i mm. yeah well in my head though see in my head i'm playing out scenarios and they're all great in movies and tv show but they're all like in real life i think they will create problems you know like that she'll you know get me kicked out or she'll threaten me or blah blah, blah. like 
I, I, I contemplated saying mean things to the kids. And then even in Halloween, there's a scene where the kids are going to, like, creep up to Mike, the Myers residence. And Doc, Dr. Loomis hides behind the bush and is like, get your ass off the porch or whatever. And the kids, like, run. And I was like, I could have done that. You know, like, I'm thinking of all these things. And, uh, yeah, I was... Oh, I was very frustrated. I did nothing. I, I just, I was, you know, grinned, bared it. And at some point, Taylor did, like, see the kid out of the corner of her eye, her eye and then it started bothering her. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a event um, with people being inconsiderate to some degree <laughs> this evening. But um, anyways, Corey, you're feeling sick. I've talked too long about nothing with movies. Um, I watched Halloween tonight. and that, You were on your way to see a movie. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, and so, um, I watched Halloween. That's what I'll talk about for what I've watched. I also have reviews, uh, or I'll have reviews going up on BerkReviews.com for A Star is Born, um, Hellfest, which actually, that posted, uh, yesterday, and, um, ooh, what was the other movie I saw? Oh, uh, Venom. Venom, yes. The, uh, critically reviled but fan-loved film. Um, I am Luke. I, I had more fun with it than I expected. It's definitely a bad movie, but very, very enjoyable. Um, uh, does Tom, Har- Tom Hardy just make it worth it? Because I just feel yes, like he's 100%. so great. That is 100% why that movie is good. And as much as I love Michelle Williams, she is not one of the reasons the movie is good. She doesn't necessarily do anything wrong. Um, I don't she feel like feels that's her wasted. speed. It, it's, yeah, it's not. She's an indie, you know, give me give Darling. her an intimate character to be. And she, and she doesn't do, again, she plays the character fine. But there's issues with the story and her character, and um, the the movie is there's some bad stuff in the movie. But Tom Hardy is great. He is charming. Uh, he's zany. Um, like it, it's it's very much. Um, did you see Upgrade? Yeah. It a lot of yeah, you know, like the the main character and the chip in his neck interact. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what you get with Venom, except it's a symbiote instead of a computer chip. But it's mm-hmm. a lot of that same kind of uh, dynamic of. Because it's hard, he's doing both voices though, so he's like, um, it's it's really great. Uh, it's very Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, um, and one could even argue. I heard uh, the Slash film cast said uh, very much the mask, like Jim Carrey's the mask. Oh. Some of the zaniness of the whole thing, but it is fun as a result. So, um, yeah, like I, again, not a great movie, but fun. Um, have you seen anything since uh, other than Lake Mungo since we talked? So, um. My favorite thing to do is not leave my house. So <laughs> this weekend, um, I watched John Carpenter's Body mm. Bags, which oh, yes. is fantastic. And I am just learning how much I appreciate that man. And he is in it. We kind of talked about it. He's in it um, a little bit presenting the movies or like, you know, because it's a anthology. Yes. Um, he's great hilarious delivery on point um and then i watched wes craven's deadly blessings who i'm not always a fan of uh i would tell everybody in the world to skip that uh Mm. and then i watched scream which Uh, is a wes craven movie which is great yes (laughs) um oh it was so fun like i i remember seeing that in my little two screening you know to screen theater way back in the day when it first came out yeah i um i love scream that that's a movie that i can go back to almost any time i always find a lot of fun with it um even 
like little things like watching Halloween tonight. Uh, I'll be right back. I just hear Jamie <laughs> Kennedy, or I'm sorry, Matthew Lillard says that. I'll be right back. <laughs> and I haven't watched it in such a long time. And just stuff that I didn't pick up on, which was really dumb of me. Um, like the uh, cheese and rice, the janitor at the high school. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what his name was, Frederick or something, and he's dressed as Freddy Krueger. Yes, yeah. Like, I don't know how I've never noticed that before, but, yeah. And Jamie Kennedy is so funny in that movie, and I want to see the second one, because I believe that one was pretty good, but I don't think I saw anything after that. There's good stuff in the second one. I love the, uh, because he's in film school, and um, in the film class, they're having a debate about sequels, which is a little too meta, Um, and that's... um, what is it? Timothy Oliphant, I think, is the other film student who says the obvious Godfather Two being the best sequel, um, co- you know, debate. And I think they even talk about planned trilogies in that moment, which I've used that line of planned trilogies many times to defend Star Wars, and uh, which is really not true because the original Star Wars was supposed to be a one-time film and it was just did so well they got to do Empire, but um, like they totally end Star Wars with Star Wars. You could end it right there and it would be over, but. Uh, that's cool. You actually watched quite a few because in the past you've you've been uh, a lot less movies, but you fit some in. Yeah, I was like, hmm, I watch some movies, and it's my favorite month, and it's yeah. almost my favorite holiday. I've watched only two horror movies um, this month because I am my college class is taking up like it. It takes up a lot of my Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, it'll be a little easier next semester because like I've noticed my film viewing has has slowed quite like quite a bit since school started. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm still watching like two to, or I'm watching three to five a week, but I was watching like one a day for like the first, I think three months of the year I watched like one a day. So, um, but uh, you know, I wasn't trying to do that this year. It just, I just was cause I didn't have Enjoy. stuff to do at nights per se now. And I, I have been playing more video games, um, th- like cause destiny two's expansion came out and then I did, uh, I finally caved and I had to get the spider-man game for ps4 because i'm a huge spider-man fan and it's made by uh, the same people that made the batman games which i love um and so far my very little opportunities to play the spider-man game have been great so uh well worth nice. the purchase but i'm ready to talk about lake mungo are you uh ready to get into it yeah all right so let's go through some stats lake mungo uh, came out in 2008 it does not have a critic score uh for metacritic because it is a super independent film um, we, I don't know, did you say how you found it? I was, I think that, um, I, I kind of have a hard time kind of branching out sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I went searching for, I, I'm not really sure exactly what I searched for, but I guess, uh, horror films that other people really liked. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking through ones that I haven't seen and kind of reading, you yeah. know, the small synopsis and for sure. Um, that's how I find a letterbox helps with that a lot, in my opinion. Um, if you follow enough people and use it, you can find some really great, like, you know, similar movies and whatnot. Um, so it's directed by Joel Anderson and also written by stars Rosie Trainer, David Pledger, Martin Sharp, Talia Zucker, and I think we need one more name. Um, hang on, where's Ray? I'm trying to find the uh, psychic character. I don't see Ray. Where's he at, man? There he is. Steve uh, Jodrell. There's a few other people that you see, but... Um, this film, I'm going to read a longer plot synopsis than normal because I feel like no one's heard of this, so you need that. Um, 16-year-old Alice Palmer drowns while swimming in the local dam. 
When her body is recovered and a verdict of accidental death return, her grieving family buries her. The family then experiences a series of strange and inexplicable events centered in and around their home. Profoundly unsettled, the Palmer seek the help of psychic and parapsychologist Ray Kemeny. Ray discovers that... Okay, I'm going to stop there, but... um. I don't feel like that's accurate, but... That, I was just about to say that's inaccurate. It's not correct. Yeah, so there's not a good plot synopsis, which is partially because it's not a super big movie, but um, that is the uh, the IMDb plot synopsis. Actually, I guess <coughs> they have a shorter one that just says a supernatural drama about grief, which is, to be fair, more accurate, but doesn't give you much, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not solely about grief, although it does deal with grief. Um it, it does deal with Supernatural, and um, it's not a horror movie in the traditional sense. It's not full of jump scares. Um, it very much has a documentary feel to it. Um, you know, there's a lot of, like, talking heads, interviews. Um, there's a lot of found footage elements, but it's more like... I wouldn't call it security camera footage, but they set up cameras, kind of like uh, Paranormal Activity would do, but not nearly as heightened and dramatized or unrealistic these are like moments of camera footage or still photography where you see something in the image and things like that um it's i i uh i I thought it was a little slow at first um and i wasn't sure where it was going to go and the plot is for the most part kind of straightforward um there's a i guess there's kind of a twist and i'm not really sure where I fall on that just yet. And I, I will talk more about that when we get to spoilers. But um, I think overall, though, I think this movie was successful for me. Um, I walked away feeling very uneasy. Um, yes. And it, that, to me, is a really good horror movie. When I walk out and I'm still, like, on edge over it. And um, not all horror movies do that. And this one, I was, like, I went and took a shower and I was, like, feeling very uneasy and uncomfortable. Um and I never was like, I never shrieked or anything during this film. I don't even think I jumped, but there was always this kind of foreboding feeling that I had, uh, and not even like of evil, just of like supernatural, just that fear of like the unknown and what could be around you, you know, and not, and not even be, and there's some other stuff in this movie too, that it makes you uncomfortable for other reasons, but, um, <laughs> Um, but what'd you think? Cause you, you obviously also felt the same, uh, afterwards. I did. I, mm, it was unexpected actually. Not what I was expecting from reading from it or even how it first starts out. Um, and I also agreed that it was slow moving, but when it took, took a turn, I was really I don't know I feel like stuff that could really happen is far more terrifying than Mm. like like breaking and entering or like um I don't know I just if I could see something really happening then it that can just like sometimes take it off the charts for me well and they do there's some there's a few twists in this movie like I think they uh they lead you down a path and then they reveal something and then they lead you down another path and um it's it's very compelling i mean it's super low budget very cheap to make i would imagine given that it's it's very much feels like a documentary like like for a moment i was like is this real is this did this actually happen or am i just witnessing yeah 
Except I want to say something about that, though, that I think that they didn't ever go overboard and try to do things that they shouldn't or couldn't maybe be doing with the technology mm. they had at hand. Um, and I, when I first saw that it was going to be kind of that type of style, I was really afraid it was going to... Because a lot of those things look really cheaply done and just, mm -hmm. like, thrown together. But I think that this one was pretty thoughtfully made as far as that goes. And it was made 10 years ago, too, which was, you know, which is, yeah. make, I guess, kind of In even Australia. elevates that even more. And you got to think um, the performances, though, how good they have to be. Because it does feel like we're we're witnessing real people who are dealing with something for the most part. Like the the three main people, the the son, the brother to um, the sister that drowned, and then the mother and father figure. I think that they did a really good job. Um, is humanizing them? Is that the correct term? Yeah. Um, the like it, attention to detail about the little things that they would notice. Um, not a spoiler, but there's a part where he's he says that she didn't get out of the water because her towel hadn't been moved or when the mom says that she always took her tennis shoes off right outside of her bedroom door when she's like remembering a dream later on mm. um just like the little details like that that i would totally see myself noticing or talking about i guess yeah well so. and this, this is a movie that you you can't currently stream uh with a subscription service but you can rent or buy on basically every platform i we got it on voodoo um i ended up buying it it was six bucks and i'm, I'm pretty happy with that decision um there's one it, it stinks because um when i pick movies for my classes the one thing i generally have to avoid is nudity like i can get away with most cursing and um you know violence i try to be tactful with when i choose violence and how violence is depicted but because i am i do teach high school films so like there are you know, I can show anything PG-13 with no concern, and I do send permission slips home, and I've shown some violent stuff, but I, I always avoid nudity. Like, the clo I've had a, a butt shown once because it's Memento, um, and it's super quick, though, and then uh, I think there might be a butt, butt show up every once in a while in even PG movies, but um, I've avoided, like, full nudity, and there is one scene in this movie that is... It's not even... Like, I'm not sure how much you can see of nudity but there's definitely a overt sexuality and i'm like dang it you know like this is a movie that's really cool because i like showing them stuff that could be made by anybody you know and not to not in no way am i downplaying the film i think it's very well made but it's not it didn't require a massive budget it didn't require tons of props or sets it did require a little bit because there's some makeup and there's some you know some visual effects it would have required a little bit of knowledge of some things but not not extensive this is a very doable project even as like a short film so i, I like showing the movies like this it's one of the reasons i love showing them once you know john carney's once because it's oh, yeah. guerrilla filmmaking at its finest you know and it it you can still tell a great story even if you don't have tons of resources so I was really excited while watching this. Like, this would be a really cool one because it's one that, again, there's not a lot of jump scares. So even people who don't like horror, I think, could sit through this movie. They will feel, I think, like we felt at the end, but it's not the same type of scare that I think most people will say when they don't like horror. They're usually avoiding the jump scares or they don't want to feel like the, the, the never-let-go tension that you can feel. And there's tension here, but it's still... You're more... Like I think you're more on the drama side with this movie. You're definitely leaning into the 
the heartbreak the family's going through and then um the uncertainty of her death because of the uh early on the son t- has been taking these pictures of the backyard and i feel like did we get into spoilers? I feel like we should just do that. Yeah, you know, I guess so. Um, we both like this movie. Uh, we'll tell you exactly how much at the end of the episode. Um, Corey? Guys, from here on out, we're going to be talking about, like, Mungo in great detail. You've been warned. Da-da-da. I was going to... What I was going to say, I didn't feel like it's a spoiler because there's the supernatural term is listed, so I feel like that's a setup point. Because um, when... The first time we see her ghost supposedly is in the photo if i revealed the other detail about the photo which i'm going to now that it was a fake that's a spoiler because that's that's not till about the middle of the movie that we find out that matt faked the first several things that we saw that made us think there was a ghost yes um i felt like i thought that that was going to be coming because I feel like I don't. I'm no photog. I'm no photographer. I'm not techie. I don't really know anything about those things. But I feel like, um, given some of the things that we know about filmmaking, like back in the day, like putting images, you know, layering images like that, I felt like he was going somewhere with that because he said that he was taking a photo every three months. Mm-hmm. That kid Matt's has a problems. Weird. Well, he's dealing with a little his sister's weird. death. He's dealing he's- with. His- you know, okay, that's fine, but you don't do the things that he does. I agreed. I mean, but you know, I I don't. They never really go into why he did it. I guess like they kind of just because he's grieving or whatever. But uh, I feel um, like there's well for sure. Um, but but that's the thing. I kept waiting for this movie to give me the angle. You know that the mom killed her or that because you know they even play up like the distance between the mom and the daughter. So I thought maybe the mom had killed her. Or then, then I thought it was the guy uh, because um, there's a video of Matt of what we're told is a what is it Alicia is it Alicia the daughter oh, the daughter that you said that I'm blinking out it starts it's with an A um, that well, there's a video of her walking through like the living room and then Alice. what Alice we're later told that it was Matt in disguise but now I that was the mom so when we see the video I noticed in the right side there was a face. Oh, and I didn't. Later, they that's one of the cool things about this is this movie messes with with your attention. It draws your attention to one space and then later will show you what you missed in that same image. Like there was a ghost in another picture, not the picture that we initially saw, but a different one. And then in that video, there was a a person who shouldn't have been there in the house, but it was a person, not a ghost, and that's where the sexual thing comes in that uh, apparently Alice had been sleeping with her neighbors, um, like both the husband and the wife, apparently. That she babysat for. That and she, she was for. 16 years old when she died, and she started babysitting two and a half years ago. That makes her 13 and a half. We don't know when she starts sleeping with them. No, and when they made the video. But the that guy was there to get the video. So then, of course, there was concern of foul play there. Did he kill her? Did things go too far? But no, that's never the case. It, it is an accident. She dies in a freak accident. But that's where the last twist comes in, is uh, th- that supernatural thing that like she foresaw her own death, essentially, I guess is what they are claiming. Like, her dead body's, like, f- drowned-looking body 
is on her phone recording. Like, they were recording at Lake Mungo at this, like, camp, and she was attacked, essentially. It, it was kind of like her doppelganger is what it made it. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't real. Like, she wasn't actually attacked. She just saw it through the phone. And she was... That, like, I feel like they do such a... Oh, they did such a good job making this creepy. Yeah. Um, like, and then there's a point where he, the brother Matt, is at, like, Mungo walking around in his sister's jacket. Yeah. Like, trying to be caught no, on at film. The, and... At the dam. At the dam where oh, she drowned. Sorry, at the dam. Um, and two different people, well, someone photographs him, mm-hmm. and then another like couple end up going through their old footage and then finds him in there too distinctively that it's him not not the ghost of alice that the picture made it look like yeah because he's got like longer hair and um a lot of the ghostly imagery we see of her is very obscured partly because a lot of it is fake but then some of it is real the creepiest was when um the after the psychic shows up the first time he takes matt off somewhere and then we see, like, the ghost, because they left the camera running, like, hovering over the mom. That was really creepy. Like, that scene freaked me out a little bit. She was just, like, standing over the mom. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, th- there's... So, we're led to believe initially that all the ghost stuff was fake. But then the real stuff does start happening. Um, and there's never really an explanation as to why her ghost stays. Um, but... Uh, we we get uh, the the whole storyline with the psychic shocked me the most. Yeah, and I think that's why we don't get any closure because they stop working with him. Well, or because, like, because he didn't tell them. Uh, like I was really like when when it's revealed that Alice had sought him out and he had met with Alice before she died, and now like the parents had reached out to him and he doesn't tell them, and. He's like, well, I wanted to protect what Alice had asked. She said for confidentiality. It's like, yeah, but, 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 um, you can't not tell the parents that, you know? Yeah, um, I feel like that's a very slippery. Yeah, because especially because like there's it's false pretense, um, and that I feel like that's why he probably didn't tell them he wanted to be able to, you know, yeah, yeah, as much I as mean, possible. But the the last scene where we have him walking. Uh, the mom through a dream again and then it's it's cross-cutting with alice's session and um it sounds like two parts of the same dream Mm. um implying like that alice is already like foreseeing her as a ghost like herself as a ghost like she was seeing through she was seeing her house through the eyes of the ghost and then i i got kind of a ghost story vibe at the end um, cause there's, they, they move away, they leave the house and the last image like zooms in on the window. There's like mm-hmm. a picture of the family in front of the house, the, the three remaining members of the family they took before they moved. And it, while I don't quite see Alice in the window, there's definitely like a figure of sorts in the window. Um, and like, like they're just leaving her and that's like, it made me think of like a ghost story. Like she's just stuck there perpetually, you know? What was that movie though, where they try to move away and then the ghost just follows them anyway? <laughs> um, there's a few like, but those are usually demons, I think. Uh, Fair enough. In those cases, at least in those movies. Um, but I, uh, I don't know. I I really, I liked a lot of this movie. I did. 
they reused a lot of this like the same like time lapse footage of like the house and um or the outside of the house and there's a shot of like the bed of Alice's bed when there's clearly like a shadow cast across the bed um like things like that are uh it, it, it got redundant and I'm sure it was just trying to make the time stretch um there was only so much b-roll they could they could have shot and that's I'll be forgiving because it's an indie film but it was like I noticed I'm like okay here's that time last with the sky again and here's the outside of the house with some weird flicking lights on it and then here's the shot of the bed with the shadow cast across it for the third time you know like I get it again it's an indie film they were limited on b-roll but at the same time it was like oh same footage same footage um, is there anything else, like, specific that you want to get into? Um, I'm trying to look. It looks like, I mean, I just did a quick Google search with the number that's on the IMDb, but it looks like the estimated budget for this was, like, $990,000. I mean, that's a lot US of money. Dollars. But, I mean, it's still a low budget for oh, a, a sorry, lot of Oh, sorry, that's in 2018, though, so never mind me. Oh, that's, okay. Because um, it can fluctuate, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, budget is inflation based. Well, money is inflation based. So, like, it came out in two thousand eight. But um, the budget is definitely going to be small, though. Even again, a um, million dollars for a film in today's standards is small. But uh, there is some scary stuff in this movie visually too. I guess like the the dad. We see her corpse when it's pulled from the water. And that's a content point of contention in the film too. Is um, he identifies the daughter? The wife can't; she can't bring herself to see her. And then there's kind of a debate about the closure and how that could have affected. Um, and then there's hope that she was still alive. And so the first images of the ghost were thought to have been her, like really her. Really, they were leaving the light on for her, mm-hmm. and and then so they. Oh, sorry. Okay. I didn't, they, I was gonna say they they exhumed the body after the burial and and ran the DNA test to try to confirm that it was her, which it it does. It does confirm it's her. And, um, that was a that was a really cool. Again, they do a good job of like moving this story. It's like it's always developing and twisting, and every time it looks like we're starting to get, no, oh, this is what happened. It's not what happened, and yeah. And again, I kept waiting for that big twist reveal of uh like somebody killed her, but that's not the case. And, um, that's what I think made it so scary to me, like, at the end, is it wasn't, she wasn't trapped there for any particular reason. She didn't, I mean, she maybe did some stuff wrong, but she didn't do anything, uh, like, she wasn't murdered, she didn't have any blatant unfinished business, which is usually kind of the premise of ghost stories, right? Like, there's After something, what? yeah, there's something left undone, <laughs> right? And, yeah. um... Like, there's nothing here. So, like, they're not trying to solve a case. She drowned. And now, there is that supernatural element where she saw her doppelganger, but there's no, like, it doesn't seem like foul play or anything, you know? It's so creepy, though, because she, like, starts burying her own favorite personal possessions and, like... Oh, yeah. And I can't remember how much time lapses between the time that she drowns and then the time that they find her body. Yeah, I'm not sure either. It was a few. It was. I think it was a few days, but it could have been a week or two. There, um, I don't feel like her body would have been that decomposed. I don't know. It's yeah, in I'm the not water, sure though. either. But yeah, and um, it is a gruesome image of when we see Ugh. the body. But um, 
yeah, it's it's a interesting take on a horror film. It definitely leans into the drama. Um, the movie spends a lot more time dealing with like how the family is dealing with one the loss of their daughter, then the hope that maybe her there's not the loss of their daughter, and then the fear that well, what if she's staying with us as a ghost? And then the hoax, and then no real images of ghosts, like, and then the the finding the tape of your daughter having sex with the neighbor, like, that's not something you want to find. Also, two things, because obviously finding out that the neighbor tried to break in and steal the tape is disturbing, but there's a point, too, where she was talking about walking, like, she walks at night, and she said she just would walk into people's houses. Oh, that was the mom, Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you're gonna get shot or something like, but the, how creepy is that like can yes. you imagine now i'm like have someone ever just like hung out in my house <laughs> like lock, yeah. lock your doors lock I your mean, windows i do but i i know other people who don't like who just oh. leave their doors unlocked yeah uh, like i has someone just like walked in and chilled like when no one was around oh. like that's horrifying and um her saying it, and she says it so casually just like oh, i walk into people's houses i don't i don't do anything it's like no, lady, that's not okay. I don't care what you're going through, what you just said. It's not an okay no. thing to ever do. Like, don't go in people's houses unless you've been invited. I would um, also like to mention that this movie is a neatly done one hour and 27 minutes. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is of the, the the brevity is in this film for sure. Um, it gets to the point and it does what it wants to do quickly and I would say fairly painlessly, although... Um, it is it is a talky movie. It is a lot of talking, um, and again, they don't. Uh, it's definitely done as a um, documentary style. Like it's supposed to be it elicit that feeling, like you're watching a documentary. So be warned, I guess, if that's not your style. Like if you don't like talky pictures, maybe it won't work for you. But it it seems like it worked for me and Corey for the most part. Um, I'm ready to give the review if you are, Corey. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go not quite golden. <gasps> Me too. Okay, yeah, it's not quite a must see, but it's definitely really well made. And again, it stayed with me, um, and that's that's a good sign of a horror film, in my opinion. So gonna be walking through your house with pepper spray, <laughs> tell Taylor to tie a little bell around her wrist or something. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, people, let's look at next week. Um, I, I I played an audible. I actually decided this earlier tonight that I wanted to watch this movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, and actually, um, this was maybe one of the first horror films, and I don't think I, I, was, I managed to make it all the way through when I was a kid, um, but I, 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 I always count it. No, no, I was too terrified. Um, I remember for years, I would lay in bed, and I was always afraid that the bed might start shaking Ooh. because of the film The Exorcist, and um, I think it's time I revisit this film. So, I've chose to put The Exorcist on our list. Now, one of the other reasons why is good friend of mine uh, and friend of the podcast, Matt um, Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.com. I'm sorry, that's wrong. whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. This is his favorite film. And I was like, you know, we're watching some horror films. I really want to rewatch this. I haven't seen it. And again, I don't think I've ever watched it 100% through. I've seen some of the sequels. Um, And I I know this movie. I've seen all of the major scenes many times. But um, we, we tend to watch things we haven't seen, and I feel like, I don't feel like I've given this movie its due, and so, uh, very apprehensively, I am honestly, genuinely kind of terrified of this movie going into it. Um, I hope it scares the heck out of me. Yeah, you know, I am, I'm like, I'm even like, having already said it, I'm like, oh god, 
too late. Uh, but it's from 1973. It is a beloved horror classic. Um, 82 Metascore, 8.0 IMDb user score, and it obviously stars some pretty big names. Um, Ellen Burstyn, who I uh, have become very much more aware of over the last couple of years, but she's in Requiem for a Dream. Um, oh, yeah, the mom. Yes, and her scenes in that are extremely tough. Max Van Sydow, um, Linda Blair, obviously the iconics uh, from this film. And I think Lee J. Cobb looks familiar. Oh, that guy looks like Albert Einstein. Um, Jack McGowan. Um, yeah, but mostly it's unknowns other than those. But uh, directed by William Friedkin, um, a very you know well-known director. Uh, the French Connection, which is a movie I really got to get off my checklist. And Killer Joe, a Matthew McConaughey film that I've been wanting to watch as well, um, are his big, big films. But yeah, uh, and you've seen this, you said, but it's been a while. Yeah, I think I was 12. Oh, so I, I feel like this is a good revisit for both of us because that's a long t- I mean, it's not a I long wanna... time ago. Sorry, Corey. I didn't mean to. We don't talk about my age. Thanks yeah. a lot, John. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, I feel like, so I watched this initially because it terrified my mother and she wanted to watch it and she wanted us to be scared but i wasn't scared and i fall asleep oh, wow. so, i hope it does scare me yeah i mean that's obviously we go in with that hope that the horror movie will achieve that goal uh i go in slightly apprehensively I, I like being scared but i don't like it to linger too much you know what i mean like i want to be able to go to sleep and not like have nightmares and stuff and I, it's been a while since one's done that to me but uh you know i am um going into this slightly nervous but partly because i feel like when matt says this is his favorite movie i want to know this movie better than i do right now so um that's what we're going to be watching for the next episode of burke reviews movie club if you uh have any comments on lake mungo or um or this or maybe recommendations for future movie club episodes you can hit us up on social media um i am at burke reviews and Corey is at Corey our star two hours at the end you can also uh, go to BurkeReviews.com and to keep up with all the reviews and things that we post there. Um, if you like the podcast, please share it. Tell your friends about it. Rate us on iTunes. Um, check out some of our friends' podcasts, Music Musings, and uh, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast that I do with Matt. And also Matt's podcast, The What I Watch Tonight Show. He has a variety of subjects that he goes through with different guest hosts. I do one on that uh, podcast with him called Movie Astrology. Check all those out. If, you, if you're a film nerd like us, we just like to talk about movies anyway and any chance we can. So with that, um, tune back next week for our review of The Exorcist. And until the next time we speak, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts Covering the entire movie verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs> <laughs>